following podcast is presented by Secret Room Multimedia. Nathan, I can't tell you my last name, where I go to school, or what podcast you're listening to. I wish I could, I, I really do. But they're out there looking for us, and anybody could be one of them. Uh, my name is Craig, and what he said. Yeah, 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 okay, so... <laughs> I'm not quite sure where where that went. I believe it has something to do with the topic today. Of course. Um, today's topic is anamorphs. We'll get to that a little bit later, though, as usual. Things apparently aren't always what they seem. That's Is that like their tagline? True. Things apparently aren't always, always. as they seem. Anyway. It's all apparent. <laughs> How was your week, Craig? Uh, my week was pretty good. A new movie came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, Batman, Lego Batman the animated movie that's already out it is and it is fantastic for a couple weeks holy shit yeah it's surprisingly i played a little bit of the video game lego batman 2 which is great it has it's basically a lot of the same story like take all the cutscenes and then add more dialogue and stuff well i actually haven't played the second one that's with all the dc superheroes i've played the first one and i've played a lot of the lego games they're fucking awesome the star wars ones i've played more you can build stuff in the games (laughs) which (laughs) i mean it is a lego game and I don't want to sidetrack you from where you're getting at, but uh, one of my friends has an absolutely brilliant idea that they need to make a Lego Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. It's a perfect fit. It's doable. Oh, yes. I mean, we know Marvel superheroes is the next one on the way. Right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Make it hey, happen. Hey, let's, let's make that happen. Let's cancel the stupid movie production and uh, <laughs> make the video game happen. Seriously. <laughs> So immediately the game, the movie opens up, and there's a, you know a nice little cool scene with a fight even between Batman and Joker, and a lot of the Batman villains are in this opening scene. And it's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, it, it was really cool. That it's just like such uh, it's just like such a nerd boner seeing all this stuff here happening. Yeah. And then when I couldn't think it could get cooler, I got smacked in the face with a nerd boner. Yes, <laughs> my own. No, I got I got smacked in the face with probably one of my favorite voice actors mr one of my other camel one of my other favorite other other favorites okay he's been a lot he does the voice of donatello in the new ninja turtles television show tara strong no um no it was the infamous rob paulson playing the voice of the riddler mr yakko warner himself that's awesome holy crap i like heard i'm like oh my god God, this awesome. movie just immediately went from a could be possibly a great movie to automatically a great movie. But then I realized the Riddler wasn't in the movie for much more than the first 15 minutes. Well, at least I got a cameo. Well, out of yeah, it. he got I got a great cameo from it. And and he sounded just like uh, just like Yakko in the movie. The movie was really good. I was like 
halfway through the movie, there's this one part where I'm just like, well, I know it's Lego and it's supposed to be goofy and there's supposed to be joke setups and stuff, but I don't see Batman ever acting that stupid. Well, there was there was one scene, and that's the only thing that irked me. And then after the end of the scene, I realized there's a reason for what it. Was so the it, scene? Him and Superman are trying to stop, um, show up to LexCorp Tower, okay. and they try to stop Joker and Lex Luthor from... Uh, releasing their giant robot powered by kryptonite. Wait. (laughs) The Joker and Lex Luthor? Yeah, they teamed up. Teamed up up and made a giant robot. Yeah, powered by kryptonite. Okay, my first question is why did Lex Luthor need the Joker's help to create a robot powered by kryptonite? Um, Simple answer. Is it okay if I spoil? Spoiler alert. Um, It's not a huge spoiler. It's nothing that's going to detract from the entire... I didn't know it was a spoiler. I thought it was just just, bad writing. (laughs) No, because there's a reason for it, but it's not like um, a great excuse, but you could tell it was just something they threw together. It's like, okay, it's possible. Okay, well, maybe we shouldn't Uh, spoil it, but... uh, Okay. Lex (laughs) Luthor and the Joker, they're not... Lex Luthor needs the Joker for something, and yeah, to help to help his pre- presidency. There's something that the Joker can provide for him that would help Lex him in Luther the, in the needs presidential run. The Joker's got, and then in turn, Lex offers Joker something to help him with Batman. Uh, that's the best I could do without spoiling. Um, how is it like an actual full length movie? Uh, about eighty minutes. I'd okay, say. cool. So yeah, yeah for as yeah. far as animated movies go, it's about the same length as most of like the Justice League movies. Um. Well, I okay. I'm not gonna make a lame attempt at a segue. You already did. <laughs> yeah, I guess that bridge <laughs> has been crossed. Um, Whoa! Literally crossing the bridge to the new subject. Segways, segways, segways. We got so many fucking segways. We're going out of our fucking minds over here. We got corny segways. We got obvious segways. segways. <laughs> Okay, anyways, now that the Segway process has been smashed. Lately, I've been on this kick. I uh, bought a VHS converter so I could transfer over a bunch of, like, old videotapes that me and my friends recorded in high school and family tapes and stuff. I've went through all of them. We had so many, and I'm done. So now I'm moved on to the giant buckets and boxes I have full of tapes recorded from TV. All sorts of old shit. Nostalgia central. Like Wow, so like what you're saying is basically that one episode of Home Improvement you decided to record. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it's like that. right there. No Home Improvement. <laughs> um, but do you remember Grounded for Life? I do. Episodes of Grounded for Life. The I feel PJs. Like, I feel like I didn't get into Deathmatch. Wow. So, oh, um, if only I had my my videotaped copies of Celebrity Deathmatch. <laughs> Blink-182 documentaries. Oh, I thought you were going to say music videos. Music videos. Making the video. Do you remember that show? Yeah. Uh, Blink-182 making the video. I feel like the they video, don't even make like, music videos anymore, so there's no need for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They do, but people don't YouTube. care about them anymore. It's a lot of you know stuff from the 90s and all that. I was watching one tape that was recorded in March of 2001, and there was a TV series called The Lone Gunman. Did you ever watch The X-Files at all? Like, I was not a fan of The X-Files, but I know about it. I've watched it. Um, I even watched the movie okay. at one point in my the life. The first one. There's, so, there's yeah. two movies. Yeah, there, there's something about the something's one. out there. Some The truth or something. Yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's, always about, it's always about the truth, and it always turns there's out to be some There's always something kind of, out there. And what I find weird true. about The X-Files is... That there are these two people that work for the government, yet it's all about uncovering government conspiracies and shit. <laughs> like, yeah. They're like, just shit yeah, above their head. pay us to fucking unravel your minds. <laughs> I think, and I mean, I was never a huge X-Files fan. Now I find myself wanting to get a little more into it. But I've seen because of the Lone Gunman episodes. I always liked the Lone Gunman when they showed up in the X-Files episode. So do you know who they are, Craig? 
I do not. Well, there were these three guys, the lone gunmen, as they were called. You know, it's a reference to, like, the JFK assassination thing. There were these nerdy conspiracy theorists, like, computer hacker guys. They were kind of comic relief. Um, so they weren't, like, government operatives? No, they ran a newspaper where they tried to uncover, like, government conspiracies and oh, stuff. Oh, so, like, like they, were, newsletter. they were the editors of the Inquirer. <laughs> kind of. Like, similar but, type thing. Yeah, not as many. They weren't really into the But they the were aliens, actually trying like, to uncover like real mysteries and not just say there's a Bat Boy out there. Yeah, they were, they were for the government shit. They were, like, they didn't really deal with aliens and Bigfoots and stuff. But Mulder went to them sometimes. Like, Mulder knew them. Crossovers? Well, no, they they were X Files characters. Oh, and then okay. they got their own show, and in two thousand one, and uh, it premiered in spin March. Spinoff, huh? Yes, a spinoff. Um, so I recorded the series premiere of that because I loved those three characters, and I was excited that like I felt like I didn't watch X Files a lot, but if these guys are getting their own shows, you all watch that shit every week. I I have I had f- completely forgot about them as much as I said I loved the characters until I found this tape, and I was like, oh my god. So I'm up late one night. I'm watching this series uh, series premiere, March 2001. Does the date bear any specific? The date does. The date is relevant. Sitting I'm alone watching in it, a bed, and they're uncovering this conspiracy, this government conspiracy to hijack a commercial plane and fly it in New York City to stage a terrorist attack, blame it on foreign Whoa. interests, boost military budget Whoa. and weapon spending. Whoa. Yeah. And this was six months before September 11th. As the episode's going on, it's like more and more and more. And then, like, at the end, the plane is flying towards the city. And right there in the center of the window in the cockpit, you see see the Twin Towers. Oh, my God. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, it's going towards New York City. But then it keeps getting closer and closer to the point where pretty much the only thing you see outside the cockpit window is the towers. And at the last minute, they divert the plane. That is so eerie. Yeah. Especially seeing how... You know, in the months and years that have followed this horrendous attack, like in reality, that actually happened in September 2001, uh, many people have come out with conspiracy theories on why how the government uh, was the cause and root of it. Am I going to get into that field? No, I'm going to let that one go because that could be debated both ways. I don't think you're going to really convert many people to change their mind one way or the other. Yeah, and I feel like maybe that was why they only lasted one season and got canceled and we yeah. don't want the same thing to happen yeah. Fairpoint. Well, <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah maybe uh i don't really you know al-qaeda saw canceled. the episode and they're like ha 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 perfect or maybe you know yeah oh yeah the stroke of the baby. agent Mulder won't save you now let's not make 9-11 jokes yeah um yeah i don't really think that's why the show was canceled the show was canceled because nobody was watching it but oh go on get out of here <laughs> Fantastic show, I thought. Um, it, X-Files is probably maybe a better quality show. It's not amazing. I'm rewatching it now. I'm about halfway through it. But they're just fun characters to watch. There are times when the show could have been a little better. I also feel like there's a couple supporting uh, cast members like that were added to the lineup you know, for the show yeah. that are just kind of like bland to me. Like, Yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't insult the actors. Like, I almost feel like... But it's the writing. No, it's not even the writing. It's just... It just feels weird, like, having these other characters just suddenly in there, and it's like, okay, but I'd rather just see the three lone gunmen interacting. Like, you know what I mean? Right, right. Like, like in the show X-Files, when you see them, you kind of picture these three dudes just 
doing their own little thing in their basement, yeah. like making a newspaper. And that's and what it is. But now this other now, guy joins yeah. the crew, and they got a rival. The rival's kind of cool. The other guy... Oh, man, they got a rival? They have a rival paper guy? No, it's a girl. Girl? She's like paper? a hacker, Whoa! sexy, like, Catwoman-esque. Always trying to hacker. bring the lone gunman down, huh? Yeah, then sometimes they work together, and sometimes, you know, they're like... They're, they're, it's a great show. You, you should check out an episode or two. You I encourage talking about this just gave me a brilliant idea for, for a future episode. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A Lone Gunman episode? No. <laughs> an X-Files episode? No. Hmm. Let's talk about Do we want greats. our podcast to be hacked by a sexy Catwoman-esque uh, anti-hero? Possibly. Like, I'm thinking that now. Oh, but great television series that were canceled before their time. Ah, very, very good plethora plenty of shows that could have kept on going and we could even go into the ladder and make one you know about series that definitely passed the prime and should have been put out like a rabid dog years before they were done well you couldn't have been more on point because segues out the fucking yin yang oh my god there's so many uh, segues let's let's move on because i've got some news that's gonna rock your pathetic little world craig lewis my world's not pathetic uh that's that's a point of contention i'm I'm kind of thinking about how you view my life now (laughs) maybe you really need to think about how you view your own touche but speaking (laughs) of tv shows that may or may not be past their prime the last episode we did before we relaunched we talked about community We had uh, pop artist Tommy Lincoln on the show. We talked about how Dan Harmon was being fired and he was not going to be there for season four. Well, since then, season four has come and gone. Yes. Um, I mean, what are your feelings on season four, Craig? My feelings are a little mixed. There are some great episodes. Uh, Don't get me wrong. The spark, like that twinkle in your eye, you know, almost is like just kind of fading from the show, though. Yeah, like it's it's losing its magic. It seems cliche to say, yeah, it's magic or it's edge, but like, yeah, totally. It seems like it's just. And I don't know how many times in one short season, mind you, I can see Jeff Winger learn the same lesson. Seriously, yeah, it seems like new writers trying to just do what's already been established. Yes. Whereas before, the show seemed to always have this momentum, like it was. Oh, it's this. It's even better now. I feel like the first half of the third season wasn't that great, but they picked it back up. And yeah, I, I uh, it definitely had its moments. There were certain yeah, episodes. The absolutely. premiere, we laughed so hard when we were watching that premiere. Uh, I loved the Muppet episode. Oh yeah, it was. Great. I loved that. I even loved the final episode of the season where they reintroduced the the parallel timelines. You got points for the effort. They definitely got points for the effort, but it could have been executed better. I don't know. Okay, Ken Jeong. Horribly underutilized this season. Oh, my God. The, he, he, Changnesia was retarded, especially since it had zero payoff. Yeah. It should have been a couple episodes at most. It, it, it was right. a waste of his character. Chevy Chase was barely there this season. Well, didn't he quit? I don't know. If anybody knows, let us know. I'm not, I, like, I felt like I heard that. I've, I've read that he, he quit. I've read that he has. I've read that it's rumors. I've read that it's whatever. Yeah, whatever. so they just kind of like diminished that, his role in other episodes, and they were spread out. Because it was filmed out. out of order, yeah. yeah. But 
come on, he's like, and I know he's supposedly he's an asshole and he's hard to work with and all this, but like, he whatever, is he's old. One of the biggest draws of this of the show. Whatever you have to say about Chevy Chase as a person or as a coworker, I can't vouch for. All I can vouch for was I loved his performances in Community, and you saying but, you saying his he's the draw of the show is spot on because one of, yeah. I would sit there and trying to promote the show to my friends and other, other people. And I'd be like, it's really funny. It has, blah, blah. and they're like, okay, I don't know who that is. Don't know who that is. And then I'm like, and Chevy Chase is in it. He plays this senile old man who's still in community college. And they're like, okay, now I'm going to check it out. When I watch community, I don't see Chevy Chase. Like I see Pierce. Like it, right. it's that I have to remind myself. He is that Chase. good. He's it's just he's because I'm. It's not Chevy Chase acting like somebody else. You see yeah. this actual. I don't. Guy. I don't equate Pierce and Clark yeah. Griswold at all. And I know they're, they're separated too... by like twenty years, but they did this Super Bowl skit. But even about act the hotel, you saw that right? The um, it was just the mom and dad. Clark yes, and, I uh, think I did. Yeah, and they went to a hotel. Well, let's get to the news anyway. We're sitting here jiving about community, Craig. I can do that forever, though. Guess who was asked back? To be showrunner again. Of community? Yes. Dan Harmon? Yes. Really? I, there's, I don't think there's any official word on whether or not this is actually happening, if he's going to take the job, but... That's just awesome, and it just gives hope, saying that us as fans in a community... Yeah. I was honestly voice. disappointed when I heard it got picked up again. I was for another season. I was hoping it wouldn't, so I didn't have to follow it because I was going to anyway because it didn't start sucking that bad, but it was just so disappointing and it just seemed like a waste of time. Well, and... they still have one more semester to go, right? Well, that was season four. Well, yeah, but Jeff graduated before everybody else, and that oh, was supposedly yeah, okay. the fourth season. So, like, I feel like it was a half, it was, it felt like a half season. Okay. Because the end was around Christmas, anyways. So, yeah, I feel like there's still one more semester to go. Jeff, Jeff and Pierce have graduated. Pierce is obviously no more. And now we're left with supporting characters that kept us watching the show, like uh, Donald Glover, Danny Pudi, Allison Brie, Yvette Nicole Brown, Jim Rash, and, of course, as Britta, Jillian Jacobs. Hopefully they can make that into a great season without the two main draws being Joel McHale well, and, and Ken Jeong, of course, too. Well, yeah. He is he's a good guy again, apparently. So Chang's Chang is the fucking siler of Yeah, basically. <laughs> of he's back and community forth. Community now, and forth. yeah. But here's the funny thing, like is if Jeff has graduated. So now he, and he was the one Sorry, he was the on. one that made uh Chang realize that he's part of the group and he didn't want to turn on them anymore. So mm -hmm. now that, that Jeff's gone you know, will he eventually move back to his Changiness? Uh, uh one thing's for sure. We're in for a Chang. Big Changs are sure to come. Okay, enough with the Chang puns. It's so fun to hear about uh, positive news for Dan Harmon. Not so positive news. I just, there's a movie coming out June 21st. Okay. And it stars Brad Pitt. You may not know where I'm going now with this. World War Z? Yes. You've read the book, right? I have read okay. the book. I'm a big fan. I just, I felt like in, to begin with, when I heard that they were making a movie, immediately I said, Yes, and then almost right after I said that, I thought what made the book so special I think would be hard to dictate, switch well, over I'm to a I'm shocked that it's not a like a mockumentary. Like, yeah. That's what I was expecting. That's what made that would... like the, the whole thing is like, it's like a documentary after the fact of the zombie outbreak yeah. uh, and talking it, it with survivors like and their stories, on basically. The name, honestly, on the name. Starring Brad Pitt and, yeah. you know, 
they got so the whatever. rights to the name and they were like fuck it this is going to do better than a mockumentary i i like the minute i found out that the main character wasn't a news reporter it's a un nations worker oh yeah well, was, i mean there and, was no main character of the book well i'm saying like the main was was the the reports the, oh like the narrator like yeah kinda. the narrator basically kind of yeah he was like the news reporter that went and talked to all the different people in different countries and how i i read last week that um the author um, Max, Max Brooks. Yeah, Max he Brooks. He actually said it was, he like said meh, basically. He, 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 he was upset like, that the zombies are fast, was what I saw. I didn't read the whole article. Oh, really? I saw a headline, yeah. Um, I heard I about the article. I didn't read the article personally, but somebody linked it to my Facebook and then told me one thing about it. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want to read it. But it said, like, you can't expect anything to be a faithful 1 1 adaption from book to movie. And yeah, no, I just expect it to be somewhat similar. Yeah, it would have like, just liked I'll take it if a one in ten. The draw of the novel, yeah. yeah, yeah, which is what documentary. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm the, it was a great novel. I was slightly disappointed with it because it was so military focused, and I was kind of hoping there would be more uh, civilian perspectives and stuff. There was a few. Right, there were a few. I found the, those. The Japanese kid was was awesome. That was cool. Yeah, that was probably my was favorite. Really interesting too. The yep. family with their car in the winter. Yep. It's been that, a while yeah. since I've read the book, but and basically, stick out. that's something you're gonna have to read or watch, or, yeah. and then choose which one you like better, I guess. <laughs> um, but I guess the or whole you can just enjoy movie them itself, both. you don't have to be critical assholes like us. You could just enjoy them both and just be happy that in this day and but age, there's fun. so much entertainment. But yeah, <laughs> that's no fun. Let's be let's be uptight. Obnoxious fanboys. Yes, you could go the opposite direction and record you guys talk yourselves talking about it like anyone gives a rat's the ass. Movie and plot, put it on iTunes. The movie plot on iTunes. The movie plot apparently, the, the plot of the movie surrounds itself around Brad Pitt being a United Nations employee trying to uncover and stop this plague and find out how it happened. And like basically, it's yeah, this one man's doing everything to help the world. Yeah, it just it, it it takes. What made the book so special and turns it into a mindless action slash horror movie. Because, I mean, I see lots of helicopters blowing up fast zombies, climbing a wall, falling down. I don't know. I'm just confused. I don't remember any of that. Yeah. It's whatever. I'll get around to seeing it sooner or later, but I'm sure I won't see it right away. I am definitely not going to pay movie theaters my money for that. No, 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 no. No. No, no, no. 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 Uh, another p- bit of entertainment news: uh, Guillermo del Toro is already ooh. mentioned Pacific Rim Two. Ooh, ooh. I guess he's already kind of working on a script. Now, when does the first one release? Oh, geez. Because um, apparently there's going to be a second, so I had to say first. Right. We did. <laughs> if you haven't heard of Pacific Rim, go fuck yourself. Giant fucking robots versus giant fucking monsters. From quote, the mouth of the creator. Yeah. Quote from Guillermo del Toro. <clears throat> Uh, July 12th, 2013. Oh, man. You know, I have a hilarious anecdote about this movie. Um, talking with a girl I was working with. Uh, this was a few months back, like when the trailer first surfaced. And I'm like, man, I can't wait to see Pacific Rim. Have you seen the trailer? And she's like, no. I, uh, or she's like, yeah, I did. Like, I'm just so excited because Charlie's in it. And I'm like, oh, no way. That's what I was going to say. I was going to tell you. And I was going to be like, Charlie isn't Day. that so awesome? Yeah. That's I'm like, yes, I love Charlie Day. He's fucking awesome. And she's like, oh, I know. He's so hot. Like, I'm like, I have such a big crush. I'm like, wait, huh? 
Charlie? And she's like, yeah, he's gorgeous. Like, haven't you, have you seen him? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm not like attracted to guys, but I don't, I never really thought that Charlie was like up the, no, no disrespect Charlie Day, but I just didn't think you were like a heartthrob, you know? And I was like, really, Charlie? And I'm no Channing Tatum. He's he's yelling and I'm like, she thinks Charlie's super hot. And this could be a good thing though, because, well, Craig, she was talking about uh, Charlie Hunnam from uh, the show, the motorcycle show, um, Anarch- Sons of Anarchy. Oh, uh, well, that's yeah, because he's a badass. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, uh, bad boy, hot. Okay. Kind of, this whole time, I thought we were both thought that she thought I was talking I, about. Even I thought Charlie you were talking about Sons Charlie Day. That's who I was talking about, <laughs> yeah. and she thought I was. Well, no, like her. her. Like, I'm like sitting there. I'm like, yes. Yeah, so she's a. It's always Sonny fan, and then you're like, she thinks he's hot, and immediately I just did the same thing. I was like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> No, again, no offense, Charles, Charles Day. I'm sure you're better looking than I am. Oh God, I'm not saying he's <laughs> ugly. He he doesn't. I'm not saying he's an unattractive dude. It was just not. It was not a like reaction I expected to get. Bringing up Charlie Day, I expect to hear like, "Oh yeah, that dude's funny as shit. I love that guy." Not like, "Oh my God, he's so hot." Oh my God, guys. Well, yeah, Charlie I'm Day. pretty sure that's because you're straight, though. Yeah, well, no, I know it's because I'm straight, but I'm saying. <laughs> If, You're saying if and, you bring up Johnny Depp, like I'm gonna expect that reaction. Oh, like, okay. If you bring up who'd you say a second ago? Uh, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. I'm gonna expect. A, oh my God, he's a beefcake. Yeah, but I'm not gonna Charlie Day. I I don't know. Anyway, you think? Yeah, he's hilarious. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel you. But uh, yeah, so he did mention uh, Pacific Rim two already. He hasn't really said a lot, but he said that it would focus more on the fact that like these kaiju which is what you call the giant monsters yeah. um that's what they're called in Japan and that's what he's calling them a in kaiju. this movie yeah the uh, more you know we're learning mm-hmm. japanese <laughs> yep new segment learning <laughs> japanese i got fortune cookies up the wazoo oh wait that's that's chinese actually fortune cookies are american things you learned from iron man <laughs> 3 um but uh Anyways, he's, yeah, I don't know. He said it'll focus more on how they move from world to world and just fucking tear through worlds, fuck them up. The second one will? Yeah, I don't know. It's very vague and opened up. I don't know if that means, I don't know what that means, but. Well, yeah. I feel, well, I it's feel pretty, like, it's, it's pretty, uh. That's a lot of confidence. Like already, I was about to say. Usually, when people talk about the sequel to a movie before it comes out, it doesn't actually end up happening. Yeah, like he thinks it's gonna be that good. To fucking, you know, we're gonna do a second movie. So, do you think that means? Do you think that means that this first movie is gonna be uh, gonna have be sequel bagging? I don't know. It's like gonna cliffhanger. Probably not. It's Guillermo del Toro. Second one. He's a great. He's a great director. Yeah. Well, are we going to trust him? I do. I trusted Rob Zombie too at one point. <laughs> but that was <laughs> your fault, dude. Nobody told you to trust somebody that puts dirt in his hair. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's that's most of the the news for this week. But I do have a funny little anecdote uh, from the entertainment news hmm. that that uh normally we don't really cover celebrity stories. Celebrities being What's the word? I don't know. Celebrities Cannon. doing stupid shit stories because that shit's stupid. But sometimes if something makes me laugh, dude, this is ridiculous. Is Maybe this about Lindsay Lohan? It's not about Lindsay Lohan. Is it about Amanda Bynes? I guess it's about Lindsay Lohan's new budding male equivalent. 
is that what counterpart? Well, uh, former former Brother. NFL player and sports analyst Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn. Keyshawn yeah. Johnson. No, he's not the <laughs> Lindsay Lohan equivalent. Uh, but <laughs> I'm like I'm like he's with Lindsay Lohan now. <laughs> Go Keyshawn. Um, he so you, you know took who on is. a train I wreck. You know, yeah, I don't know I do. who that is. He was but. a yeah he was a receiver for a couple teams, the Jets and okay. Well, he was leaving a party, I guess, and a car just like vroom, just like just sped by him like at a ridiculously egregious speed. He was like, "What the fuck, man?" And it happened to be Mr. Justin Bieber driving the car. What a dick! Um, yeah, God, and, uh, I, I'm loving this story though because I hate Justin Bieber. No so offense. He, yeah, so he dropped oh, yeah, his kid lots off. Lots of offense. You're awful. He dropped. Keyshawn dropped his kid off at home. Chased Justin Bieber down and like. Blocked his car and like Justin Bieber went home and Keyshawn Johnson or Keyshawn Johnson uh, blocked his car in the driveway. Awesome. And went up to the front door and like knocked and was trying to get him to come out. But of course he ran in the house and wouldn't come out. Um. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And, I'm loving Keyshawn more and more every day. Yo, as, as, as Keyshawn would say, come on, man. That's awesome. I watch NFL Sunday countdown every week during the football season. So does he, that's what he still does? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's on that. <laughs> Um, but oh, that that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it would be way funnier if he caught him before. He yeah, went in the like house, well, but... no, what would have been great is if, if he, he caught him, bent him over his knee, and spanked him before <laughs> before, oh, before he, he got, got home. in the driveway. I mean, you got to watch out for Justin Bieber. He has been hanging out with Little John, really, or was it Little Wayne? I don't know. I don't know. He's been hanging Lil out with, with yeah, any any one of those little rappers. Phil and Lil, <laughs> Phil and Lil, Phil and Lil is the much more likely. One that Justin well, Bieber is probably hanging out with. Well, no, because they're not famous, but yes, because well, they're probably cl- more closely closer to his maturity. age group. Yeah, and his, yeah. Speaking of, though, I don't ever really go into the store Spencer's that often, but I did manage to go. I went in there once a week or two ago, and I was just like browsing around and looking at stuff. And then I just saw like, you know how they have like a lot of sex stuff. Like like they'll they'll have like games or yo it's yeah. your birthday bachelorette party bullshit you know some of them even have sex toys the first time I walked into a Spencer's in Creepy. the middle of a mall and saw sex toys saw dildos vibrator. and vibrators I was like that shouldn't be you, in a mall what what are you serious I was like what's going on here am yeah. I being punked no Ashton Kutcher unfortunately <laughs> didn't pop out so you can kick him in the nuts <laughs> but I I looked over and what caught my eye sadly I saw something Justin Bieber in the form of a sex doll. Oh my god! And I'm Justin like, Bieber's sex doll. And I just like put my hands over my head, and I was like, I felt ashamed for society. <laughs> just, and he just put his hands over the, his head and was like, "How much po- is it?" <laughs> um, I saw the quote on the side of the box, bright as day, said he's finally 18. Oh my god! And I was just like, "Oh come on, man!" All right, well, Fairpoint will be back after this short break while I go wash myself, and I'm gonna. <laughs> Wash my soul. <laughs> yes, while we go wash our souls separately in different rooms with our own shame. Now you're just making it weird. <laughs> The Facts. Animorphs is a children's book series written by K.A. Applegate with occasional help from her husband Michael Grant and several ghostwriters later on in the series. 
Running from 1996 to 2001, the 54-part science fiction serial followed five human teenagers tasked to fight a secret alien invasion, using their extraordinary power to change into any animal they touched. Hmm. So, the same author didn't write all 54 novels? That's actually an interesting thing. I uh, I didn't know this. Well, like, I got into Animorphs. We bought... Um, we were going on a family road trip to Illinois, as we did a lot when I was younger. You went to Illinois a lot? Yes. Uh, my mom has family, family out there. Never been. We're, we live here in New York, for reference. And, uh, you know, before any time we were going to drive out to Illinois, I would go to the bookstore and get a book or get some comics or magazines. Right. Or, because and, uh, we didn't have PSPs and uh, iPhones and iPads. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There was no such thing. We had a Game Boy and we had books. And my mom's not about to take me to buy a new video game nope. <laughs> for the trip. I saw the first three were already out. I saw them at the bookstore, and we only were getting one book. But I was like, I begged my mom just, I had no idea. I was like, whatever, these are probably aren't even all that good. But I was like, I don't want to just get one. Like I'm like, Mom, please, I have to get three or else I'm... I probably figured that, that was it. That was the whole series. And right. I was like, I can't not read the... Th- you know, I can't just read the first one. And like... Oh. and. I got her to get them for me. I read them out in Illinois, sped through them, dude. I was hooked. I was already drawing pictures of the aliens in my notebooks and stuff. There's like, aliens? Out there. Lots of aliens? Yeah, it's about an alien. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's about, dude. <laughs> huh. If I would have known Animorphs was about aliens, not just kids changing into animals. Honestly, Craig, you'd fucking love it. Um, I'll explain a little bit more of the premise here. The point I was basically making, you asked about the ghostwriters. Yes. Uh, I fell in love with the series, and obviously as I got older, um, eventually I started feeling like I was growing out of it. And I was like, I guess it's just it's just not fun anymore. I, I buy it every week, and it seems subpar. I guess I'm getting too old for this. Like, it's just oh, not good anymore. It's because it wasn't the same author. Yeah, I'm so happy to find out years later. Nope. I stopped, like, right in the middle of the Ghostwriter era, and that was, like, when I had reached enough books that I had read that were just like, I've read enough Animorphs books out of obligation that don't titillate me in any way. Wow. So, it's just insane how many like series looking back on as adults really were just like filled with ghostwriters. And you didn't know. You're just like, why is he writing differently? You, you didn't know. I assumed was I was released under older. the same name. All my friends made fun of it. You know, all my friends were like, that's a kid's book series. But it's honestly, it's the most out of any kid's book series. This is the most mature, like I, adult book series of like, I cannot believe revisiting it now that it was marketed towards kids. More adult than R.L. Stein's Fear Street. Oh, my God, dude. So much so. And not, I mean, on both aesthetic levels or rather, I mean, superficial levels and like serious like it really dealt with like the effect of war on the human psyche on a child's psyche like it's oh yeah because they weren't adults yeah they were were about 13 or so at the start of the series probably 16 or 17 at the end yeah and it's it's intense dude and now there was also when i say superficially i mean like there were moments when it was gory and fucked up and like I'm pretty sure there was a part where Marco, as a gorilla, I have this memory in my mind that he and somehow got his stomach sliced open or something. And, like, yeah, that's intense. But was it like... When you heal, when you morph, you heal. The whole series wasn't, like, overly gory like that, but it definitely had gory moments. It wasn't gratuitous. It was written by a talented author, and it was written for a point. They weren't... These teens didn't revel in the fucking violence and shit. Like, they were... Like, broke them. Like, it's insane, like, how much they change over the course of the series, and, like... And, I mean, violence at that scale affects adults. 
Yes. Like, that's, it's, that's why so many people have uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Sometimes I look back at, like, the stuff I was into when I was a kid, and I'm like, I wonder if that really did affect my – like, I'm thankful in a way. Like, I think that must have helped shape the way I view the world, and I'm thankful to people like Jim Henson and K.A. Applegate and Mr. Rogers and stuff, like, that they really did, like – Mr. Rogers shaped the world. Yes. Honestly. But, uh, I mean, I recently caught up to – I uh, obviously never finished the series. I had to know how it ended because I didn't finish the series, and now I've had this renewed interest. So, but I wasn't about to read fifty-four fucking books, right. so now half that... of which are written by subpar ghost writers. And I uh, caught up reading summaries and all that, and then read the last book, so I know how it ends. I'm gonna spoiler alert this. This is this is a series that ended in two thousand one. Spoiler alert. So spoiler alert. Yes, and I assume there's probably a lot of listeners who haven't don't know how it ends because maybe they went through something similar and stopped reading this ran for five years and five years is a long time when you're young really i mean what do you know about animorphs i know that they're uh teenagers that change into uh animals that's all i've ever known about animorphs yeah you, you never knew there were aliens huh no well basically the teenagers are aliens no um basically the teenagers are just five regular teenagers that are cutting through a construction site across the street from the mall one day. It's it's so one a group night. of friends. Yes, some of them weren't really. It's like they the all gang. had like they all had they weren't really friends before. There was Jake. He's um he was best friends with Marco and uh, Jake's cousin Rachel, who was best friends with Cassie. And Cassie and Jake were kind of interested in each other. You know what I mean? And then there was Tobias, who was like the loner. Who I think. If I remember correctly, he was there because Jake stuck up for him when he was getting his ass beat or something. And so now he was like, oh, I want to come hang out or something like he was right. Had a little man crush on Jake. Uh, but, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the loner kid now that's like his protector. Yeah. I mean, probably. this is the like, very now beginning he's got a of the series. Kind of, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So like they weren't a group of friends. They just had relationships that, that made them that they were together that day. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, okay. Because Jake's cousin was Rachel. She's best friends with Cassie. Jake's best friends with Marco. Tobias was there because the, so they weren't like it was. It wasn't, wasn't like just like an established group of friends. Yeah, they knew each other, but yeah, obviously together. That's that's actually uh, pretty cool in and of itself. It's it gives depth like to you know what they're doing there and not just oh easily you know you shoddily say oh they're just best friends. Yeah, the chemistry between them is is great too. It's written. For, fucking fantastically but they were oh yeah so they're cutting through the construction site and like an alien spacecraft had like landed there and upon first rereading the series it does seem a little like wow this is a very rushed plot device start but then they write there were other books that were written like the andalite chronicles which is a prequel that explains that alien story this alien is an andalite picture a centaur with blue fur all over its body blue centaur no mouth has a couple slits for like a nose. Has eyes. Has stock eyes on its head. So like, kind of like antennas with eyes on the top. Yeah. Has pointed ears, and it sounds silly looking, but they make them look very beautiful and majestic. And most of the illustrations, there are two different people that did illustrations, but so without a mouth, how do they it has speak? Has a long tail with a scythe blade on it, and uh, they're more like deer than horse. They're okay mouths. as far as the body. Yeah, um, they speak. Tele- telepathically. All right. And they also have invented a technology that allows them to acquire animals' DNA and change into them. It's like a little blue cube that they use, and they 
touch an animal and they have to like hold their hand on it, you know, and focus so on it. So this everything. isn't and something that this race was born with. It's no. like something they created that allows them to shapeshift. Yes. But only with animals. Yeah, not plants or uh well, like yeah, you couldn't do it with other humans. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, humans so are animals, Craig. Like mammals. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mammals are mammals. animals. Yeah. Mammals are animals. <laughs> like, Welcome to the food chain. <laughs> and the antelope eat the grass. All right. So, yeah, he get, basically he gives them the power because, oh, well, the Andalites are the good guys, quote unquote, because as the series goes on, it really treats war and morality as. So when you say raising, war, it's you know? like galactic war and we're on the Andalites side. It's not that simple. Like, as it goes on, you realize, like, yeah, I guess, yeah, the Andalites are the good guys, but then it, you realize it's not, not that, that simple. So the bad guys are the Yurks. They're these little slugs, and they go in your ear, into your fucking brain, and kind of, like, wrap themselves into your brain and kind of plug into your brain, more or less, and, and they use you. Mind control? Yes. So anybody on the planet, like, they're infiltrating Earth to take over Earth. They've done this to a few other planets. Okay, and the Andalites are trying to stop them from doing it to yes. Earth? Yes. It's almost like the Andalites are responsible because the Andalites helped them. The Andalites gave them space travel because they felt bad for them because they lived on this shitty little swamp planet in their shitty little monkey host bodies that were, like, blind, deaf, dumb. Like, they weren't blind. I think they were deaf. They were just, like, retarded little monkeys that, like, didn't even climb because there were no trees. They just lived in swamps. So, and, so like, they, yeah. were, they, they originated in a place where all they could take over was poor, retarded monkeys. Yeah, but then they ended up taking over and like the Hork Bajir. They have basically they have other alien races that they have the enslaved now that are more dangerous. Okay, and like like the Hork Bajir have blades all over them and shit in there. And that but was just they a different... were peaceful. They used their blades to scrape bark off trees because that's okay. what they ate. But so they... it was just a different body that they took over. Yeah, the Bajir basically the Hork Bajir, York yeah. Bajir. So they've got armies and armies and armies, but their infiltration of Earth is secret. So they do have some of these things on Earth, you know, but, not but they're not out in public. Yeah, and they're they're infiltrating. Some people are, and so yurks. These slugs so, basically are very uh, smart, very intelligent beings to a certain extent. I mean, yeah, like us, they're like they, at least they're, as intelligent as humans. Yeah, like, but yeah. and what they're trying to do is just take well, over so. as whatever you know, collect as many different species as they want to like rule. They're the world. conquering, yeah. They're spreading out and conquering. But see, as you get later into the series, you realize like. What do you expect them to do? They're parasites. Like, there is this one whole book where they're like, one of the Animorphs and a controller are actually going back and forth. And it's like, what the fuck do you want me to be blind and deaf and living in a swamp for the rest of my life? I'm biologically designed to go into things' heads and use, like, that's that's what I do. Stop you. You guys fucking raise cows and, and murder them with sledgehammers. And then and then roast their fucking carcasses over flames and eat them. But you're calling us morbid. Like, and now we're gonna do like, that to the slow, deaf, <laughs> dumb, retarded monkeys. I bet you, you they know, taste like, good. So it's it's very morally great. Probably and the very Andalites fatty. are very honor bound and rigid in there. They actually their in the code. End, they have like a code. In the end, they're gonna destroy Earth to just like this is the easiest way to just get rid of this fucking thing. And like the Andalites that's are? at the very very end, like last book. They're just spoiler like, alert. It. Yeah, they're like, fuck it, we're done. The Andalites are, are just like, fuck this. This this Earth is but doomed anyway. And those are the good guys. But it's it, that's because it's and just that like, was collateral America damage. Isn't yeah, always the good guy in every perspective. You know what I mean? And it's like the Andalites are very country, much like yeah. that. You know, like well, they just they see collateral damage, but it's for the greater good of the of the galaxy, basically. But then, I mean, to any person living on Earth, 
what the fuck, man? <laughs> you're just going to destroy yeah, us Yeah, you're enslaving us. Like, we have the, – the people aren't dead when they go in their brain. They're sitting there watching as this person sits down and lies to their family and uses their mouth to speak and fucking is – That's they're, creepy, They're sitting the in their brain screaming, like, let me go. I mean, eventually I feel they, like their would... will is broken and they give up and they're just like, but yeah. I feel like that would make an intense Twilight Zone episode. Just about like a person being infiltrated. We haven't even like that. mentioned that there was a TV series on Nickelodeon because fuck that show. <laughs> we'll have too much to talk about to bother with that. But yes, it was, was it very bad? creepy though. Um, yeah, the show was pretty bad. There's no budget. They they kind of I don't know missed the point on a lot of things. So now we know what's going on in in the Animorph world. Galaxies at war. And the Andalites are very far away. So it's kind of like the Animorphs are waiting for the Andalites to arrive. They're like, they're going to arrive. They're coming because they're fighting the Yurks, and they are coming. But until then, we're the only people that are able to fight it. Okay, so they, so they have They're to... fighting it, and the Yurks assume they're Andalites on Earth fighting them. Because they, they're fighting them as different animals and all this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they never talk to them, and they can't reveal they're humans and get found, you know? Right, so basically, the Andalites that are on Earth... Uh, give these powers to these kids. Well, it was one Andalite, and he died sh- right after there. It's kind of like Green Lantern. Like, he showed up, gave him the power, I and then I was thinking died. that when you immediately said, like, once you said, oh, no, it's a power they have, I'm like, ah, oh, it's like the Green Lantern ring. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> like the Green Lantern. I, uh, I wonder if that's, that's cool. So there was conscious. one Andalite on there, and these the Animorphs are these kids, that, and it's basically just thrown well, in their lap. You now have this power. You have to stop the Yerks. And in, like, book seven or something, an Andalite that gets stranded on Earth, the actual Andalite who gave him the power's nephew, uh, or no, I'm sorry, younger brother, does join their team, and he's, like, the sixth Animorph for the rest it's of the It's kind of funny books. how, like, so they're, his nephew, the original brother, Andalite's sorry, brother, brother, yeah. They're both just kind of stupid to the point where they get themselves stranded on. No, the planet. there's a he was looking. The guy who gave him the power was looking for a time machine. It's like this whole big fucking like. There's a the one of the best let me books. guess. Can I guess that he was looking for the time machine to go back and stop the Andalites from helping the Yurks in the no, first place? No, no, it's this big thing. There's like there's like a whole book that I'm not going to bother explaining called the Andalite Chronicles. They did a few books. They did the Hork Bajir Chronicles. They did Vizzer. And these are all like about these are kind of like prequels that actually take place off in space with these other races. Okay, which is which was amazing because we had such a limited perspective. These animorphs barely knew anything. They're like, okay, we know andalites exist. We know what they look like. We know that they're the good guys. But you don't know and everything they, that happens. Yeah, we're like, but when the fuck are they gonna come help us? What the fuck? And then they meet Axe, and Axe tells them stuff, but they're still just like secondhand. So like when we had those books that took place in space and showed like the vastness of this world that we we're only seeing this little pocket of the world, you know, this town that the animorphs live in. Like that's crazy. And, uh, I mean the way it ended really worked out. Like I, I, I thought of it right before I read it, which I heard, which I, you know, I've heard is the way the best writers write is like the best mystery writers. The best way to write a mystery is that the person realizes who it is one sentence before you reveal it. Like no sooner. Right. But one sentence. So it's not planned. It. it just flows. And then they're like, oh my God, I know who it is. Bam. Yep. There it is. And that was kind of like that with like right before I read that book, I was like, oh my God, the perfect solution. Because there were peace movements in the Yurks. There were Yurk resistance fighters. And there were Yurks like that one they talked to that were like, look, what do you want from me? I'm a yeah. parasite. And like, not all of us want to enslave the world. Like, not, you know, some of us want to do like, you know, some of us just want to live. This is one 
military officer is in charge of this invasion. You know what I mean? That's his orders that are going down. That doesn't mean everybody. So, like, it occurred to me, the solution, the fucking give the Yerks the morphing ability. Then they don't have to possess people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And wow. how did that never occur to me as a kid, as reading this series? How did I, I'm like, oh, my God, it's brilliant. And not like that's instantly going to change. Let's give our enemies the power to morph into whatever they want. Because then there would still be the bad ones, and they're just going <laughs> to... Yeah, but in time, that solution makes sense. And that's what they did, was they allowed the Yerks that surrendered to... Basically, this is one thing I didn't explain. If you stay in morph longer than two hours... You die? No, you get stuck in that morph forever. So so you lose the ability to morph again? Yes. Could you, you regain you're it? You're stuck. Could you regain it, though? Well, my I mean, favorite it's... character was Tobias, and he got stuck in the hawk morph in Damn, the first book. Damn, I was just going to ask. I was, that was going to be my next question. He, but favorite? it was so cool because he was the loner, and he now got stuck as a hawk, which is a loner animal. It was perfect, and it was – but you also have the animal's instincts because you have morphed. You know what I mean? Right. So in a way, it's like your brain's – so you have the animal's instincts constantly badgering you when you're in that form, too. And the, he's living as a hawk now. So, like, eventually he – you know, like, they're at first they're giving him food. Like, you know what I mean? Like, saving their dinner leftovers and giving it to him. And eventually, he's like, right. guys. I have to hunt. I eat rats. Like, I eat bunnies. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, that's... That's got to be an awkward conversation. Like, guys, so... my diet has changed. Dude, this series was <laughs> so real. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was... They treated that real. So, could he talk as a... Thought speak. When you morph, you... Telepath. You, yeah. You okay. talk through th- telepathy. But eventually, this, like, all-powerful, near-omnipotent being called the Elemists, like, gave him the ability to morph again. But his form was still the hawk. And now he would, you know what I mean, acquire animals as the hawk and morph from right. the hawk So he can no longer else. go to being a human. Yes. He had his human form back. And he could morph to a human. But if he stayed in it for two hours, he'd get trapped. You know what I mean? Et cetera, So et cetera. He, he could just go and trap himself back as a human again? Yeah. Until the Elemist decides to give him. But he was more hawk than human at some, in a certain way of looking at it. It was this great... He wasn't. It was this great big, like... And not only that... Oh, it's so fucked. Because his dad was the Andalite that gave them the power in Wait. human morph... Got his mom. Tobias's pregnant. dad. Tobias's was dad. It was Andalite? way later revealed in that Andalite Chronicles. That... He had fell in love with this human and like had morphed the human and went through this whole thing. And then the Elemist interfered. He says he doesn't interfere, but he, but interferes, he interferes every time you see him. It's so crazy. Yeah. So Tobias is like Andalite human hawk, all in one. He's like, and I thought he was the great, the best character. So your favorite character was Tobias, the human hawk alien. It's so sad. Like, when it ends, like, the ending is really bittersweet. Like, Jake is fucked. Uh, like, he, he doesn't know how to exist in a world where he's not at war. You know what I mean? He From 13 to 17, like, the formative years, he was the leader of the only resistance on Earth, right. which consisted of fucking so now he could five join teenagers the army. and a teenage alien. Well, he, that's, he's no, actually, that's what he is. Because the Andalites <laughs> agree to give them a morphing cube. They give the Yerks, they allow the Yerks to trap themselves and morph, the ones that surrender, to trap themselves in a different morph so they don't have to be blind, deaf, and whatever. Right. Uh, and, yeah, Jake is, like, training. They give it to certain, like, military units and stuff, have that power, and Jake's, like, training them. Outside of that, he's just, like, broken. Him and Cassie don't end up together. The two obvious ones that you knew the whole series, they end right. up, they told each other they loved each other at one point, and, like, you knew it the whole series. That's pretty they adult. They don't end up together because he they, doesn't know yeah. how to exist in a world where they're not at war. Like, their relationship is based for... on being at war. 
and wow. now what do we do? Like, it's kind of like if, if you meet someone when you're an alcoholic and your experience with them is being an alcoholic and then you guys quit drinking, you know, or something, you know what I mean? Like how yeah. that happens to people, their friendships don't last through that because now what are we going to do? Like, right. it's, yeah, it's so fun. And then Rachel dies. Spoiler Rachel was alert. really gung ho badass. I said, I was going to spoil it earlier. <laughs> she dies in the last book and Tobias and Rachel were kind of, Tobias was the hawk and, that's that was a big issue too because they were kind of in love with each other. You could tell that she, very secretly, Loved like compared to Jake and Cassie. But yeah, that she was in love with him, and it was just so sad because he's trapped as like a hawk, and you could. He disappeared at the end of the book. Like he, uh, like he after Rachel died and everything. Like he wouldn't talk to anyone. He held it against Jake because it was Jake's orders. Like sent her out to a fight like, that he knew she was happening. Like, she knew they knew it was happening. Yeah, like you're sacrificing yourself basically, and it, that broke jake tobias wouldn't talk to anyone it's, it's really fucking crazy man that yeah. sounds like better writing than well uh a lot of children's yeah. media now and especially yeah, yeah it's like hey kids like subtly it's like hey kids this is what happens there's no happy ending yeah. to war yeah that's like bringing Doesn't matter if the good guys reality win. there's no everybody's happy we're not gonna fight anymore you know i got the love interests we're gonna have a family everything's harry potter style kosher no, it's like we've we've fought a war for the last fucking five years. Yeah, we're and fucked. We are broken human beings. Our minds are done. Not all of them. I mean, it wasn't like devoid of happiness. It wasn't a depressing. It was it was enough that you feel satisfied. Like Marco, who has always had a sense of humor, you know, that was his coping mechanism. Of course, he was happy. He was the celebrity. He was kind of the one who got famous after it because everyone else stayed out of the spotlight, but he ate it up. He went on, you know, Jay Leno and stuff. They actually started a reprint series. So, so I'm sure if like, get to this that, is was something that eventually all of Earth, like, knew happened. At the end of the series, yeah, which was intense because through, like, 50 books, this was secret. And then in the last, like, 10 books, from, like, I think, like, 44 to 54, everything just got fucked. Like, everything changed. It's, in, like, book by book, and it's crazy, dude, how much, how much like, happened. And, That's yeah. all because it's different writers. No, no. Like, she still did the outlines for the books and everything. But no, I mean, like, then she came back for the ending. But as things were being prepared to end. Oh, yeah. Really? As things were, as the series was being prepared to end from book 44 to 54, it was like, fuck the status quo. You know how, in a TV show, you're not going to want to reveal it to the world because that's part of the TV show. It's secret. They're fighting. This is where it was like, nope. And now people are finding out. And we're still going to say, fuck it. We're going to keep writing from there. And. This is ending, and now this is happening, and now this, and now they told their fucking parents, and like got their parents to move out and go hide, and like now the Yurks know they're not Andalites; they know they're humans. So, like, it's fucking nuts, dude. Wow. Yeah. So basically, like, they just pick up a war for another race to like save their planet. And well, no, they I, were infiltrating the. Pl- oh yeah, yeah, they the humans, fucking defeat, the dude. They defeat it. It's Teenagers. so epic, too. And Jake, they did this the living seventeen-year-old just tell them the fucking Andalites, like, yeah, dude, I finished your war for you. And like, and then when the Andalites make first contact, really officially first contact with the humans, like it's Jake, and he's like, I am representing humanity right now. Like they have this moment where he's like, he's like, they want to do this. Their deal is this. And he's like, well, I guess, you know, what do we do? And it's like, no, if you back down now, that's setting the precedence that humanity acknowledges that the Andalites are superior in technology and society and everything than them. And he's like, oh, it's so epic, dude. It's so fucking, oh, my God. So he stands up to them and he's like, no, this is what we're negotiating and shit. Like, it's fucking awesome, dude. He's like, yo, suck it. This is is how it's going to happen, okay? You're fucking with my planet now. Yeah. 
But to so. think, like, how did they interact? Like, their whole life is a war, basically, now. Like, what are their parents doing and thinking through the years that, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, their parents started noticing things were wrong. You know, what is it, drugs? What is it, this? Like, it's all fucked. There were questions like that? Like, are you on drugs? I'm sure there was. I'm positive. There had to have been. I can't imagine that there wasn't. But it's, yeah, it's intense. And they can't tell their parents because what if their parents are controllers? Like, Jake's brother was a controller. You know what, what I mean? Like, like what by yurks? They, yeah. Oh, that's, I'm sorry. Controller means a yurks in your head. And, like, what if what if they told them and then later they became a controller? The controller has access to all their memories. So they can't tell anyone because even if they're not a controller, what if shit goes down? You know what I mean? Like, the right. fewest people. Then, like, if the all their gets secrets in their are family. known. Like, yeah. You're not a controller, are you, Craig? Uh, I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> I don't think I am. Uh I haven't seen a slug in a long time. Do they normally go inside your brain, like, when you're sleeping? <laughs> no, they, they, like, get you I, to... Like, Tom wanted Jake to join the sharing, this community group. And, like... That was a yurk control. It was, like, yeah, they get you in, in into the group, and then eventually they get you to get a yurk in your head and fucking... Yeah, it's fucked up. So, like, are the people... Most of the people that get controlled, are they, like, aware that it's happening when it happens? Oh, or yeah. Like, or, like, do they try well, to do no, it, like, in secret? slug like, is going into your ear. They're, they're like, watching this it, slug it, go in their ear. Yeah. And like, it chews away, like, the membrane that separates them from being able to get into your skull and, like, gets, like, it anesthetizes the inside, but you still, it still hurts, and you're feeling a slug force its way into your ear and then wrap its way around your fucking brain. And, like, ah, yeah. and you lose your so control. Gross. Then it That's... goes home and it talks to your wife and your children. And so fucking, body snatchers. Yeah, it's fucked up. And you're watching it through the eyes of a fucking puppet, a shell of a man. See, and you know what's funny is that, like, in all the different Invasion of the Body Snatchers movies and stuff that have, you know, been out, you know how there's been so many. None have ever really dealt with that aspect of, like, people being conscious that they don't have control of their body. Yeah, it's fucked. Like that to me, that would probably be one of my greatest fears, like right. not being able to control what I'm doing, but knowing what's happening. I always knew I knew that it wasn't. But as a kid, too, when I'd be reading, I'd be like, what if it was true? <laughs> you're just like looking out everywhere. You see a slug. You're like pouring salt on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that, too. I've never heard anybody bring this up. But you know, they talk about like Ridley Scott's alien, like has all these sexual undertones that make it uncomfortable. Like, you know what I mean? And scary. Because of like the penetrative aspect of the alien yeah. and like the design, yurks are almost like that in a little way too. Like they they penetrate you, yeah, ear sex, and then like control you through it, and like you lose Very you lose your free will because of it. Serious like, interpretation of the word penetrate. Yeah, they penetrate you and take away they your free your will. Body. That's, that's just... very. Very yeah. sexually uncomfortable. Like I don't know. <laughs> so basically, sexually uncomfortable. I don't know. Yeah, I guess because yeah. yeah, sexual doesn't just. On a, I only mean, like have on a subconscious level, yeah. yeah, your private parts. Yeah, on a subconscious level, the same way alien, the xenomorphs are. Yeah, they Man. go right down your skull, and then like chest bursters. They just did a reprint too a couple years ago where they started like updating all the uh, like cultural references and stuff. Like you know, they would go to the mall. Maybe they put new stores that are around now. Like maybe instead of the Gap and Spencers, they talk about like. CCS or something I don't fucking right. know um but like yeah and like you know maybe they have iPhones in the new ones I don't know like it's kind of funny I'm sure they update the computer I remember them talking about computers in the books and it's so yeah 90s, they'd be like you know? like hold on I gotta 
Like, where are we going? Oh, let me check Google Maps real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would change the whole series. I think it should just be stuck in the 90s. That makes more sense to me. Things are too easy for normal humans now, so. Yeah. The best bit of news, I guess save the best for last, and who knows if this means anything. Sony Pictures purchased the rights to three domain names that are all, like, variations on... Animorphs? Animorphsmovie.com, Animorphsmovie.net, Animorphs-movie.com. So there's a possibility... Maybe. It's seeming so that there might be something to do. There's no way you could fit that whole series into one movie. You could Maybe definitely do a series? Definitely take out filler and fit it into three if they were long movies and you really just focused on the essentials. But even three, maybe make it a five-parter might be more suitable. Five-part movie series. The three I mean, would just shit, feel like it was Why not rushed. seven? Like, there's a lot of filler that can be taken out, but there's still, like, that's why it didn't feel rushed. Do you know what I mean? Why not like, seven make it, like, you know, the Harry Potter yeah, fuck it. Because I mean, it's also like Harry Potter was so much bigger. Animorphs is pretty big, but especially now. But too, apparently, Harry there's Potter now still makes money. Apparently, there's now you know more underground cult following for Animorphs. Yeah, I mean, it might happen, but I don't think the reprint made any money. So, who knows? Well, after you told me all about the Animorphs, I now have decided I would watch a movie. I can see it, man. Wow, yeah. So uh, I feel like we've gotten, I've gotten a good description of what the Animorphs are like. And I do thank you for that because now I... Never I, took it seriously before. Yeah, no, I didn't. And now I will. So Dude, I have this one memory, too, where one of my best friends, when we were in uh, seventh or eighth grade, me and him were arguing about how who was the more mature one. Yeah, because... It's a mature thing to do. Um, <laughs> Obviously, it was both of you. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, and he, he quips out, you read Animorphs. And I was like, dude, well, you know what? 20 fucking years later, I... You still watch Scooby-Doo. <laughs> no, but, like, you know, you know, he was really into Lord of the Rings and everything. But you know what? I'm confident in saying Animorphs is a more powerful series than Lord of the Rings. I'm totally Whoa. powerful in saying that. It, I feel like there's a cut silence here. I love Lord of the Rings. I'm That's not dissing a seriously strong statement. But you know statement. what? While you were singing fucking dwarf songs and, uh, and well, hanging out with Tom Bombadil. At least the Lord of the Rings was completely written was by the same author. I was reading the of war on the human psyche, on the child psyche, moral gray areas, on an like, extreme level political fucking bullshittery. Uh, the elves were kind of political. I'm just saying. It, it was I, twenty years later. I am totally confident saying that like this. That was the most mature children's book series ever written. It it has so much more merit than he was giving it in an argument about who is the more mature one. Okay. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings is great, but I'm saying as far as substance, right. it's an adventure story. Yeah. About elves and dwarves and orcs and all this. And it's awesome. Yay. But it is what it is. So I'm not insulting it because it is what it is. And that's all it's supposed to be. So right now, uh, I think you're judging and basing I'm children. I'm not judging shit. It was just a little. It was just a. No, no, no. A fun I, way to word the story. Okay. Yeah, so you think Animorphs is up there. I'm now curious. We do have to get to this at some point. What are your top five? Top five children's book series. I do have an honorable mention. I was debating whether this would be mentioned before or after the list. You honorable know, mention. Of, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I don't know. Like build the suspense or just go ahead and just get it out of the way. I think I'll get it out of the way. It's not on the list. Goosebumps. I fucking, Goosebumps got your honorable mention. Yes, because that's literally I mean, one of the only 
like full on <laughs> series I'm aware of that's a children's book series that I read. I know a lot of people listening to this would probably be like, Oh, I can't wait to see what place Goosebumps got. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> um, that's what I was waiting for. It was and tough. I got the honorable it mention. was honestly tough. I almost tied it with number five, but I don't I like swear I think if it's a beats it out, I'll slap you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a cop out to do ties. So uh but Goosebumps, as much as I loved it, isn't that good. <laughs> like it really isn't. Have you revisited it at all? I have not. Oh, I revisited the TV series, which isn't that good. The book series isn't that much better. Um, it's fun and nostalgic, by all means, but they're very, like, you know what a penny dreadful is? Yeah. It's, I feel like it's our modern equivalent of a penny dreadful. Really? So, Goosebumps, Mr. R.L. Stein. I'm sorry it didn't make it, nor did Fear Street or... <laughs> The other one I referenced, which I didn't read. My sister read. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other one? He had another one too, didn't he? Uh, I, I think it was based off of Goosebumps. Like yeah, it was like know. a takeoff, like a different type of Goosebumps. Maybe R.L. Stein was something more of goose a... Goose pimples. I always hate it when people <laughs> call them goose pimples. Not the books, <laughs> but like the actual things on your skin. I'd be like, ew, they're not pimples. Yeah, they're just bumps. I don't have a hundred. Although I gotta say, goose pimples is probably a little more terrifying (laughs) than goosebumps. (laughs) Do you think R.L. Stein and all the Goosebumps books that were just like mass produced and shit? Do you think they had ghostwriters too? Yes, he did. Yeah, Yeah. I figured. Um, It's like you take a look back and you're like, yeah, nobody really wrote all those books. That's why Animorphs got ghostwriters is because they switched to monthly and they had monthly releases. So now that they have monthly releases, it was easing up her having to write a new book for every single month. You know what I mean? That's right. For That's five ridiculous. Years? Jesus Christ. That is fucking ridiculous to release a book every month. Like, how, you have a month to write a book. Oh, dude, I would get so excited. I would, every time I came out, I would go out to my dad's house and I'd walk to Media Play. Remember Media Play? Mm hmm. God. Those weren't just Miss in New Media York, Play. Were they? Are they? I don't know. Yeah. I would, just every weekend I'd walk up and be like, is there a new one yet? Uh, not yet. Now I have a better sense for that. Like I know whether or not there's a new Walking Dead out this month be- or this week because my circadian rhythm has aligned itself. So you can releases. tell when it's been four weeks. Oh yeah, basically. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, gift- I'm gifted that way. Good, you you've been able to track the use of a calendar. All right, number five. Number five, just closely edging out goosebumps. And I know I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for that. <laughs> I shouldn't even have mentioned that. Uh, I already said it once. The Fudge Books by Judy Bloom. Did you ever read any of them? Do you oh, know what they okay. Are? Yes, I had. I read one of them. Probably not your cup of tea. Huh? No. I wasn't a big Judy Bloom reader. I didn't read Dear God or any of those. Dear God, it's me, Margaret. That was Judy Bloom, right? I don't know. I know a lot of her books were... Not my cup of tea, but I loved the book. <laughs> the Fudge books were awesome. They're about that annoying little brother. Stuff happens. I haven't reread these ones. My memories are very vague, but I liked them a lot. I think it was told from the perspective of a f- friend of his older sister and of a friend of Fudge's older sister. <laughs> and Fudge would just cause mayhem and madness all around general <laughs> misconduct. Uh, the books were, there was like, I think it was Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing was the first one. And then there was, like, after that, it became more focused around, like, Fudge. Like, there was Fudge-a-mania, Super Fudge, Double Fudge, Super Fudge, Go Fudge Yourself, 
Really? There was a GoFudge no, yourself? No, there wasn't a GoFudge yourself, but if I... Oh, I fell for it. They should. They should make a new one where Fudge is now in college, because it's been a long time. <laughs> go and Fudge yourself. Go Fudge yourself, and he's just like the family Fudge up. And <laughs> like... So, he's basically like the, the porky kid in Animal House. Getting fudging ridiculous in this. Number four. All right. Number four. Only three bucks. So it barely qualifies as a series. I was going to actually say at the start that a series has to be qualified as three or more books. Two books is not a series. Right. Three or more, I think, makes it a series. In my eyes, at least. Two books is a two-parter. Yeah, two books is like a book and a sequel or a two-part. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, <laughs> number four is the Camp Haunted Hill book series by our local author, Bruce Coville. There, yeah. I, I remember those now. Did you read them? I did. I read oh, a couple awesome. of them. Um, those I need to reread again as well. I've been rereading some Bruce Colville books. I read Jeremy Thatcher, Dragon Hatcher last year, Jennifer Murdley's Toad. See, those are almost a series too, but they're not formally a series. They just have linking elements. Okay. Like kind of like Kevin Smith's films. Like, right. Kind of like Quick Stop always shows up in Kevin Smith's films. This Things Magic just, Shop it's, it's always the same shows up there. Place. That'd be awesome if Jane Silent Bob were always hanging outside the Magic Shop. But anyway. The Camp Haunted Hill ones were awesome. It was a summer camp where people went to make movies. And, uh, like, the kids would learn to make movies and stuff. like For young, aspiring techniques. directors. Yeah. And filmmakers and actors. And the two main characters, there was a ghost that they met there. And it was, like, each book was something crazy. There was one with a... I think the first one was just about the ghost. The second one was, like, one of them became a werewolf. And the third one was about dinosaurs. I think I, believe, I might even I have correctly. one. Like, if I remember, like... I have one autographed. But anyway, yeah, Bruce Koval's awesome, too. He lives right here in central New York. Central New York. He Pretty was cool. a great author. He would, I remember at least once or twice he even visited my my elementary school yeah, when I was there. Yeah, lucky bastard. He visited my um, sister's and brother's elementary the school, most, but not mine. The most memorable book I think I read from him was the My Gym Teacher's an Alien. Yeah, My Teacher is an Alien. My Teacher's an Alien. Yeah, that was a whole series, too. Was, that was a full series. Se- See, I didn't even like, know that was a it full had two series. Or three I, sequels, I, yeah. I uh I read one of them and I liked it a lot. When I was a kid, we always had arguments of who was better, him or R.L. Stein. And I'm sorry, but hands down, no fucking Bruce contest. Koval. Bruce Koval pwned R.L. Stein. I actually sent him a message on Facebook telling him and he responded to me and he was like, It really means a lot. You That's know, fucking really cool. awesome that he responded to Oh you. yeah. I, I like I was like, Look, man, you gave me an interest in writing, like, you know, and like I loved your books. We would always argue, and a lot of kids said goosebumps, but the smart kids knew that Bruce Coble was better. And he, and he was he he said, "Well, I always thought I had the better fans." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> that was so awesome!" You know what to say, sir. <laughs> you you just pulled out my fanboy strings. <laughs> so number three, number three is the Benicula series by James and Deborah Howe. <laughs> It's fucking awesome. What are you thinking? Uh, I did like Benicula. I didn't again. Another one I didn't realize it was a series. Oh yeah, there was. Uh, I read, but I loved Benicula. You just read the first one. You never yeah. saw um, the How- well, Welcome to Holiday Inn. The one or... I read was about the the vampire carrot, the celery stalks at midnight. I did know about <laughs> the celery stalks at midnight. Yeah, that was that was another one. Great, one of the best book titles of all time. That should be on our top book. Was that title the one with the vampire too. carrot? Which one? Was... Yeah, but there wasn't actually. Vampire vegetables. It was like right, Chester right, the cat was right, paranoid, as right. cats are wont to be. 
Harold and his best friend. I think Kat I want to reread the series now. So good. I'll let now you know. Now that I know that they're all there, I would. There's I, a good I six mean, or seven of them, yeah. Really? Six the newest, or seven? The newest one was written in like 08, and that was like the last one. He wrote two of them, I think, post 2000. Because I remember like reading those, one, at least one of them in fourth grade. I didn't know about the Celery Stocks in Midnight. I think that was the one I read. Okay, so now it's getting heated. There's only two spots left on your list for favorites. Can can you uh, can you regal us with your second favorite series? Is that a word? Yeah, like regal. Like, yeah, I heard what you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Like my number two is Animorphs. Ooh, that that. That's interesting because did that catch you off guard? <laughs> it really did. I thought for sure Animorphs would be number one. There's still a mystery one spot. Okay, so what? Your second is Animorphs. Yes, I don't think we need to sit here. And yeah, talk we about don't it. need We're to talk anymore about, about, about this. Um, uh, it's something that's been discussed. Yes, in detail. So moving on to number one. Uh, drum roll, please. My number one. The fucking Oz books by Frank Albaum. Fucking Nothing dirt, Craig. beats Oz. I'm sorry. Animorphs are fucking amazing, and it was hard. And if you haven't read any of the Oz books, check them out. It's the first one. Everyone knows the story. You could honestly even skip it because it's it's the weakest of the 15 or 16 books that there are. Uh Written by Frank, and Baum. we're not there's, obviously there's tons. Obviously, we're not talking about the HBO series. No, that <laughs> was that you didn't know the HBO series is based <laughs> on a children's book series. They changed a lot. They for one, they not set it in a much. prison. Um, <laughs> <laughs> only really if they get, took if out you can the get scarecrow, past the rape, the Tin Man, Dorothy, <laughs> and the Toto, Kansas, the Wizard, the Witches, honestly, Magic. General I... appropriateness for children. But no, the series is fucking amazing. <laughs> um, check it. It's it's so much. Don't get me wrong. The MGM movie is a classic. It's, it has a place in filmmaking history for a reason. Um, but it does not do justice to this series. Like, film as a film, it's awesome. As a story, it pales in comparison to the fucking series. And you can go ahead. I, I would hate for you to read the first one and be like, yeah, it was okay. The first one's much more standard children's book fare. Like you're reading right. it, you're like, okay. But there are hundreds more characters. There, Yes, hundreds. Like at least dozens more important characters that I you've never I do like seen. TikTok. Yes, if you've seen Return to Oz, TikTok, Jack Pumpkinhead, they come, Another the Gump. The, they come was the Gump, the Gump was the Moosehead? Yes. They're all in the, in the books and very important characters. There was a time in American pop culture when these characters and these adventures were huge. Everyone knew them. And then that movie, and I, I granted it's because it's such a groundbreaking film, but that movie overshadowed it all. And I, and I wish it didn't. With, and dude, I read an article. There are 11 Oz movies coming out within the next couple movie, in the next couple years. 11? Yes. None of them are based on the books other than maybe one which is based on the first book they're all dark reimaginings where dorothy's fighting a war against the witch who rules oz now in the future and no it's in the future no 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 and then this fucking prequel that just came out with james franco it looks wonderfully made and james franco's a great cast Um, but you know what you got 15 fucking books 13 books however many fucking books to work with why don't we adapt this series god damn it i see your complaint but as someone who hasn't read 
any of the Oz books. I would have to say from just an average moviegoer's perspective, it was a pretty good movie. I'm sure it was. Uh, still always keep getting suckered with the 3D bullshit, but... Ah, fuck 3D. It was it was used it was excellent in like one or two scenes, but other than that, it was just most of the epicness to the movie was just how well the art direction and cinematography was. Oh yeah, it looks beautiful. It, it really was like it was done but super that, well. See, that makes me even more upset. It's like they could, they could dedicate have been. that to making these, dude. The I guarantee you, however good it was. I guarantee you Frank Baum wrote better stories and better fucking characterization. Like maybe Challenge not, to Hollywood. Like but seriously. Nathan Capasser like, says just, you could adapt them. They're timeless stories for all ages and you'll it's it's a given that people are gonna go see them because this is this is name recognition. Everyone knows Oz. And if if it's suddenly you bring it into the news, like the general populace it seems nowadays doesn't know there was more than just that one book, that it was yeah. a whole series. That the Scarecrow, the Lion and the Tin Man are three of at least so many twenty five very important fucking friends of Dorothy's. There's so much history. I won't spoil things, but so much with Dorothy and Uncle Henry and Annie and Toto, and it's it's amazing. And you were there, and you were there. That's and you not were there too. that's not in the fucking books because the movie treated it like it was some imagined thing, and it so did Return to Oz. On that note, it was a real geographical location on Earth in the books. It existed, but was it like in a different plane? Like the no. people, everybody, magic, magic existed there, so it was difficult to find, and there was a deadly desert that surrounded it, so it was difficult to come to. But so basically, we, Oz was just we like had a country. invented flying machines. They hadn't invented flying machines there. Huh. Is that big difference too? See, it's it's deep. It's real, man. You're like, damn. I thought all these children's <laughs> series were just yeah. Well, like at least in you know, I figured Return to Oz with the people treating it like it was a mental disease, and which, was she really there or not? Like that being the real oh, question. No. All right, minor. Well, not a minor spoiler alert. This is a spoiler alert if you're planning on reading it and want to be engaged. So just turn off and skip like a minute ahead. We won't dwell on this. Annie M and Uncle Henry move to Oz. At, a certain point in the series she moves them there she's just like fuck it why do i keep going back here let's just move to oz guys it's so much better than kansas it's so much better than kansas you guys are about to lose the farm like come on yeah there's no uh irs apparently in Oz. oh well that was an excellent list uh totally threw me off especially with us but i am happy with it i think that we should recommend some things do you have something to recommend I do have a recommendation uh, for today, of course. It uh, ties back to today's topic. This week, I'm recommending a internet television series. Web series? Uh, yes, a web series, if you will. Uh, it's called The Pop Arena, and uh, you can see it on Blip TV. I've watched a couple of his stuff. He mostly does Animorphs things, I've noticed. Well, he's done a lot of Animorphs things. You can also see it on YouTube, but I think... It's Blip is the main place you want to go. The website for this is blip.tv slash pop-arena. Very simple. Right there. Yeah, he has a opinionated Animorphs reread series where he rereads each of the books. He goes into great detail over them. He has a Maybe opinionated I'll do Animorphs episode guide. More, yeah, you book. might enjoy it. It doesn't. It's not just Animorphs stuff. He does all sorts of nostalgic, mainly '90s things, but like you know, reboot. I did watch. Uh, he Mac. did one on gargoyles. Gargoyles. Yeah, I remember. I think I watched that one because I yeah. loved gargoyles. My recommendation is kind of beat in the bush. Um, I'm recommending to go out and check Lego Batman 2 or Lego, Lego Batman, Batman animated movie. Uh, it's a good Batman story. I feel like DC never disappoints me with this, their animated movie releases. 
of course, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and go like our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash fairpoint podcast. What's going on? It's like a hole is opening in reality. Greetings, Nathan and Craig. I am the Elemist. I exist beyond your world of space and time. It looks like Dr. Manhattan hasn't aged well over the past 30 years. Dude! I can take any form I'd like. I choose to take a form that would appear comforting to mortal humans such as yourself. So you turn into a flying wrinkled blue elf with copious amounts of beard? Not, you know, a normal human? Craig, will you please not egg on the nigh-omnipotent being? No, really. It's cool. I saved 42 different species from extinction this afternoon. You guys counted down the top five children's book series. So please, you have any other suggestions on how to do my job? I'd love to hear them. Fair point. I see what you did there. Clever. Sort of like introducing warm-blooded mammals to an ecosystem. But I'm sure you guys have done that plenty of times. So... so why are you here? I am here because my archenemy Kryak has once again targeted your planet for destruction. The two of you are integral players in the fate of your world. Get the fuck out. Are you going to give us the power to change into animals? No, I am not allowed to interfere in the lives of mortals. Then what the shit do you call this? I don't have time for every one of your little questions. I thought you said you were beyond space and time. You know what? Fuck this. You guys are worse than the teenagers. I'm out of here. Enjoy your freedom while it lasts. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Sorry, no, we're sorry, please, just... Tell us what you came here to tell us. We'll listen. Fine. I'm going to offer you a glimpse of your future. Should you fail, this grim future is what your species has to look forward to. What is it we have to do? That will become clear soon enough. Wow. Well, we're clear out of time for this episode, so tune in next Wednesday as we take a look at the future of Fairpoint and the fate of humanity. From the Seeger Room... I'm Nathan Cabazer. I'm Craig Lewis. And I am Azure Level 7 Spa Extension 2 Down Messenger 41. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Can I make a recommendation? Uh, yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, we got the I Elmas so. here with us yeah. today. Uh, we the want a, got a recommendation, a recommendation from the Elmas. All right. Okay. The new Green Day album is fantastic. It's like a triple album. It's fucking brilliant. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like everything Green Day's recorded like post two like thousand. They were good exactly in the nineties. Like, yeah. no, 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 no. 
Let's wave out of our old stuff. <laughs> <laughs>